And so the government having a crack at tidying up their cost of living payment, given the first round didn't go so well, the next payment goes out Thursday. The idea is those offshore and those who aren't dead don't get it. Revenue Minister David Parker back with this morning. Good morning. You read the Auditor-General's letter? Yes. Uh, are you embarrassed by it? Uh, I think he is fair in his criticism that some of the extra screening tests that we're using now weren't in place for the first payment. Why weren't they? Uh, well, in defence of inland revenue, they would say they were busy setting up the system, writing the software to get the payment out to 1.4 million people, uh, and they didn't think the extra tests were necessary at that point. When the first payment was made and interviews like I had on this uh, programme, uh, I had discussions with them as to whether they did need some extra screening tests. Uh, Cabinet uh, gave authority to me and Minister Robertson to uh, to adopt those if necessary, and that happened before the Auditor-General was actually on, on the picture. OK, so are you blaming Inland, inland Revenue now? No, I, I'm not. I'm actually defensive of them. Uh, you know, a year ago we couldn't, or two years ago, we couldn't have made a payment like this at all. It's the new software systems that they've uh, implemented that have enabled this flexibility. Um, but uh, I, I think if they did it again, uh, or I did it again, we'd have these extra screening tests in the start. The eligibility criteria has never changed. You had to be in New Zealand. It's just the data sets that yeah. we can use to have better assurance of that. What he says is due to the speed at which the legislation was developed, a regulatory impact assessment was not completed. Why not? A regulatory impact statement was uh, completed. It was on the table of the House and it included the statement that these payments would at times be made to people who were ineligible because the data sets are imperfect. So he's wrong? Uh, yes, he is on that issue, yeah. OK. Um, Cabinet also agreed that payments would not be recoverable unless inland revenue determined the information on which payment was based was fraudulent or, willing, or willfully misleading. Do you have trouble getting the money back now because of that? Uh, well, we've never intended to chase people who've done nothing wrong and just had their out-of-date details relied upon by inland revenue. Um so that was always their intention. Uh, and again, I think at one stage, the Auditor-General thought that that was not, that parties weren't aware of that. But again, Cabinet was aware of that because uh, the cost of uh, chasing a return yeah. payment of $116 exceeds the amount of the payment. Exactly. But the reason I asked the question, as I heard in the news yesterday, inland revenue are looking at getting some of the money back. Are they or not? Uh, well, that, you, you'll have to ask them that detail. Um, they, they've got the authority to where someone's acted fraudulently. Whether they bother in respect of a $116 payment is an issue for them. So in the real world, they won't. Because no, who's acted fraudulently? If you if you receive money you didn't want ask for, unless you, unless you rang them up and said, give me money and you got it fraudulently, which as far as I can work out, nobody did, who's acted fraudulently? Uh, the people that would have acted fraudulently is if they are overseas, the Inland Revenue didn't have an address for them and then they put in a New Zealand address knowing that they were overseas. That would be an example. OK, but they still won't be chased. It was not intended, he said, that the payment would be made to people who had died. Is he being funny or serious? Uh, well, that's obviously he's being serious, but the uh, I mean, this is true of superannuation. I think there's about... Uh, 3,000 people a month die whilst on superannuation and they obviously continue to get superannuation until the people who pay superannuation find out that they've died. And that's true also in respect of this payment. I'm also, he says, interested in ensuring good stewardship of public money. Are you? Obviously. Well, why have you wasted so much of it then? 
Well, I continue to say, Mike, and I know people fall scorn from my estimate here, but I believe that by the time we get to the end of this, 99% of the payments will be right and about 1% of them will be wrong. And in the context of the alternative, which was an application process for 2 million people, the cost of that application process would have exceeded the money saved. So, But 1% uh, is millions of dollars. the alternative approach, I would have been wasting money. Yeah, but the 1% is still millions of dollars, millions of dollars we don't have. Uh, 1% is 1%, yes, it's still millions of dollars, but in the context of the payment that goes to, in the end, about 2 million New Zealanders, it is a 1% margin. Do you think it'll ever go to 2 million New Zealanders? What was the last payment? It was 1.3, wasn't it? Yeah, it was 1.3. We're up to 1.4. Yes, the latest estimate I have from Inland Revenue is that in the end it'll get to 2 or 2.1 million New Zealanders when? by the end of the tax year. By the end of the tax year. End of the tax year. So, that'll be, so they'll all get their three payments eventually, whether it rolls out the way you thought won't matter. They will get it in the end. That's right. Okay. I am concerned, he says, that the government does not know how significant the scale of payments to ineligible people is. Do you? Well, we screen... Uh, you know, the, the vast majority of New Zealanders who were in here at the end of last year and filed a tax return are still here. Uh, but we, in addition to knowing that, we screen them for whether they're getting PAYE, for example, and the vast majority of people are. So the ones where they're most worried are this four, these group of four people, four groups of people where we think it's less likely that they're going to be in the country. And now we've excluded them going forward unless they prove that they are in the country, because some of them will be. Mm. So we think we've got a pretty robust system now, but it'll never be perfect. We've okay. made that from the clear Okay. From the Paul, Paul Spain of Guerrilla Techs in the news this morning say this IP thing, you can get around that. So if you are overseas and you can get around an IP and what the IRD are doing with IPs is a waste of time. Well, I don't agree with that. The vast majority of people don't use a virtual private network and they just use an ordinary internet service provider. So there will be some people who uh, could do that. But, you know, they, they're getting into the... If, if you're deliberately doing That's that fraudulent. in order to mislead, that is fraudulent. Yeah. So you take take the risks. Do you remember and, the you know, Treasury if, advice if at the beginning of all of that, this? Do you, do you remember the Treasury advice at the beginning of all of this, David, that said, really don't do it, it's not the best targeted thing you've ever done and it's not the greatest idea you've ever had? Uh, uh, both Treasury and IR would have preferred that we didn't do that. But, you know, it's the role of government to decide what's necessary in the face of the cost of living crisis. Who was was right? At the end of the day, who was right, do you reckon? Well, we actually think there was something in the criticism that our support until that date, other than through fuel, had been going to people who were getting transfer payments or benefits from the government and that low-income people not on a benefit have been doing it tough and that's why we designed it this way. So you would still sit here hand on heart this morning and say this is good stuff and we're proud of it? Yes, yeah, we we would do it again. Yeah, we would we would make sure these extra screening tests were in place at the start but yes, we think it's right that at the time when cost of living pressures are highest, we help. All right, David, appreciate your time. Revenue Minister David Park. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.